Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you for listening in to another episode, and I hope you had an amazing holiday season. I hope you had a great New Year. I hope you had a great Christmas, whatever you celebrate. I just hope you had an awesome time of it. Uh, before we get started, let's go ahead and get into the house rules, and then we'll go ahead and start the show. If you haven't already, go ahead and check out our uh, social media. We are on Facebook as 2A Lifestyle. We are on Instagram as 2A Lifestyle. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on MeWe. We're on Parlor, but mainly we're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, it's the le- uh, the number 2A Lifestyle, and on Instagram, it's 2 spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Also, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Anything you guys gives us it is greatly appreciated. It goes directly into this podcast. SHOT Show is coming up in two weeks. I can't believe it is almost here. Uh, I am going to SHOT Show, uh, and anything you guys give us right now is going directly to that fund for SHOT Show. So anything that gives us, thank you very much. Also, uh, if you haven't, go ahead and check out... Uh, God, I am running a blank right now. Anyway, uh, Patreon, uh, social media, and uh, we are going to be having Patreon-only episodes probably starting after SHOT Show. Uh, some of the stories, and I'll kind of get into it a little bit more into the main topic. Um, but yeah, anything uh, you know that you guys give us, it's going to go directly towards this podcast. And soon you're going to get some benefits, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, like I said, we'll have some Patreon-only episodes. We'll probably release like maybe like five or ten minutes just of public to let you know what you're going to be getting into with these Patreon-only episodes. Uh, so be looking out for that. Oh, and yes, wherever you're listening to this podcast, hit subscribe. That is the best way to keep up with new episodes when they come out. And if you can, leave us a review. Uh, Spotify has just allowed for reviews to be left. Uh, we already got a five star. And it's not like uh, iTunes where you can actually write something out. It is just the stars. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, leave us a five star review. That's the best way people can find us when they're looking for gun related content. Also on iTunes, if you leave us a five star review and uh, you leave a remark, shoot us what you left. And we're going to be sending out some swag. So that is still going on. So, uh, yeah, just screenshot showing it where you sent it. And we will send you some free swag once you uh, once it posts and you send us your address. Um, and like I said, fuck, man, just steal somebody's phone. Uh, you're at work. Somebody loses their phone, whether they go to the bathroom or anything. Take their phone. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, you know, hopefully at Christmas. Uh, you can go to your family's phone, leave us a review. Anything is greatly appreciated. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. That Ryan Charles is a real hoot. A real jiggy buckaroo. He's somewhere west. I'm a lot wider. Ain't me no questions. It's gonna get on my nerves. Yeah, by new stains. Yeah, by new spurs. Yeah, make the word Put him on the dirt. He's somewhere west. I'm a lot wider. So while we, right before we get into the, the main segment, uh, if you haven't already, hear the noise behind me. It is uh, my 3D printer. Uh, if you follow us on social media, you'll know that I got a 3D printer for Christmas. I set it up, and it's been pretty much run ever since. Uh, that is going to be the topic of our first Patreon episode. So if you are looking forward to hearing about 3D printers, uh, stuff that, you know, the, what they're capable of, uh, stuff that I already made, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And there's tons of stuff on the Internet already. Uh, but I, you know, it's basically just kind of like a discussion might try and bring somebody that's already into the 3d printing on and just kind of have a discussion of them learning curves that, that we both went through that kind of stuff. And, uh, just that kind of deal. So be looking forward. Like I said, I'm going to probably release like the first five uh, Patreon. That way you can kind of what you're, you're getting into. So be looking forward to that. The first thing we're going to talk about, and as always on this show, we're going to highlight the shooting sport and this article comes to us from Emilan uh, and its title is new this week on shooting USA the beyond the beyond you know I don't know how you it's I've heard it said different ways but I call it the beyond uh, you know the type of holsters uh, the 2021 Bianchi cup uh, so there is going to be US air times on the outdoor channel uh, and in Canada on the sportsman's Canada channel uh, and this is no it's not uh it is uh january 4th so this is a recent uh so that is coming up it's going to be the grand valley range outside of columbia missouri 
Uh, it was canceled last year because of the coronavirus, uh, but it is back this year and be looking forward to that. The next story comes to us from Tactical, and this is also about the shooting sports. There is proposed USPSA ball changes coming. Now, this is interesting just because of the fact that, uh, you know, USPSA is probably the larger of the shooting sports foundations out there. Now, a lot of people are familiar with IDPA, and a lot of people like go to IDPA just the fact that IDPA, it's more of a, uh, I guess you could say, like, you know, shoot from concealment, you know, shoot from concealed clothing. Uh, ID, you know, USPSA is more like that running that you see with, like, spaceship, you know, like, people call them spaceship guns and shit like that. Uh, it's, like, super souped up charging handles and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and also USPSA is, is kind of like the more the like international organization when it comes to shooting. But the reason we're covering this story today is just because I thought some of the changes uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, the first thing that they're looking at changing is uh, a bylaw to Article 3, uh, which states, you know, the purposes of the USPA, which currently it states that the purpose is to promote amateur national and international athletic competition, educated the public on the benefits of practical shooting, train, train range officers, set forth rules and regulations for the conduct of practical shooting, assist in safely and fairly holding practical shooting contests, and set forth a system under the auspices of the corporation that will train, develop, and qualify athletes to represent the United States in international practical competition. Uh, the proposed changes restructure the purpose of the organization using language written below. It states, uh, Sponsor national and international firearm contest. Establish a system for the conduct of such uh, competition. Establish a program for the training of range officers and officials for the safe administration of the sport. Raise money to enable the corporation to pay in whole or in part the expenses of such competitions, including attendant publicity and travel expenses engage in such activities as necessary, useful, suitable, desire, or proper to carry out the purposes of the corporation something else that they are wanting to do is change the discipline and board meetings now this is pretty interesting because we've covered this uh recently as well where there was board members of the uspsa uh basically acting just like total asshole uh at the nationals this past year and i think this is this is kind of a big one uh it's uh changes in member discipline and board meetings under the old bylaws only individual members could be disciplined by the board uh the proposed bylaws state that members or affiliated clubs may be disciplined as well uh, and explicitly state that a suspended or terminated member may not participate in any sanctioned USPA matches. Uh, it, you know, it also states that a further change uh, removes the ability of board of director members to grant a proxy vote to another member in the event of his absence. That's kind of nice. That way they can't, you know, do any kind of shenanigans. Uh, changes to elections. Now, this is also pretty interesting. Um, and I'm not going to go into it, but basically uh, there, there's some changes on uh, who can vote on uh, the terms and things of that nature. Also, some changes to the president and managing director. Uh, most you know, significantly, there's going to be changes to the job of president. Uh, it would change the role of the president from a full-time salaried employee and its chief executive to a part-time uh, ceremonial position. Uh, another thing is, uh, you know, going to talk about under these uh, bylaw changes, the managing director would be the de facto chief executive organization, which is, I think, is kind of a cool thing. Uh, so, if you're interested in this, make your voice be heard. You have to be a USPSA member to. Uh, vote on this kind of stuff. So, I, I, like I said, I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's good that they're trying to change with the times, just because of the fact that we have seen with the NRA what can happen is if you do not, you know, you don't keep up with the the bylaws, you know, and the the changing and evolving, and you try and weed out these, you know, little shit stains as they, you know, come in and you know weasel their way into positions of power and all that kind of stuff. This next article comes to us from Guns.com, uh, and I thought this was pretty interesting just because of the fact there has been talk of the uh, U.S. military and specifically the U.S. Army going to different calibers uh, for their main uh, patrol rifles and, uh, you know, their automatic weapons, their squad automatic weapons, their light machine guns, all that kind of stuff. So uh, Winchester, uh, in the title of his Winchester grabs $20 million contract to set up Lake City uh, for the 6.8 millimeter. Now, if you aren't familiar with the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant, it is basically the largest manufacturer for uh ammunition for the United States military. If you look on all, you know, 556 brass, you'll see well not all 556 brass, but the majority of 556 brass, you will see uh you know it says LC that stands for Lake City. 
Uh, you know, they make so much ammunition that a lot of it is, you know, sold as surplus and, and that kind of stuff as well. Uh, so Winchester announced a contract to plan the production uh, for the new ammo types. Uh, and this is for the next generation squad weapons program by the United States Army. And that's that's pretty good. You know, it's pretty crazy. Uh, the Lake City Ammunition Army plant or, you know, Lake City Army Ammunition plant is located in Independence, Missouri, uh, which Winchester has been running since 2019. And they are the country's primary federal small arms ammo plant making you know 556 762 and 50 bmg so uh it looks like they are going forward to the 6.8 millimeter uh, i'm pretty interested to see how that's going to go and uh how that changes you know how that's going to change because you know with the changing in the military there's a lot of things that are going to be changing in the civilian side too i mean look at um you know the popularity of the m4 platform rifle uh you know it was uh pretty popular in the 80s and 90s uh, when you had a lot of you know people that served in the military uh, you know getting out and it was becoming you know privately commercially available uh, you know of course the the crime bill uh, from 94 to 04 kind of stifled that for a little bit uh, but then you had the global war on terror and you had all these veterans coming out of the military that were familiar with the m4 platform rifle uh, they were able to get out of the military and then purchase uh, you know, the civilian AR-15 version, and it was, you know, a huge success, and that was the boom for 5.56 and 2.23. Uh, you know, you really didn't hardly ever see that on ammo shelves up until uh, the popularity of the AR-15 platform rifle. Uh, same thing with uh, 9mm. Uh, you know, you have many law enforcement agencies switching to the 9mm. Uh, you have the adoption of the uh, SIG, you know, the M17 pistol to the, uh, you know, the, the new military sidearm. And, you know, you have a, a huge boon to 9mm. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the 6.8mm 6 round uh, once it gets fully adopted by the United States military. And we start seeing really what it can do, uh, you know, on the ranges, uh, in combat, in, you know, hopefully we don't have another war anytime soon. But knowing our history, that's probably going to happen, uh, especially the way things are going. And we'll see how that round does. Uh, this next article comes to us uh, from skip that and go to this one uh this one comes to us uh from sahararreporters.com and i thought this was pretty crazy uh 88,000 AK47 rifles and other firearms are missing from the Nigerian police custody and audit stated uh there was uh, you know 10 contracts totaling 1.3 or i'm sorry uh i don't know it's 1.136 so i'm assuming but that's what it means billion to a single property uh and they dis discovered uh, that there was 88,000 AK-47 rifles and ammunition uh, that is missing from Nigerian police custody. That's a lot of fucking rifles. Uh, and there's also a total of 3,900 assorted rifles and pistols uh, that cannot be accounted for as of January 2020. Uh, that That's fucking wild. And I think maybe the U.S. Navy might have found some. Uh, this goes on to us the next story. This is from the Farms blog. U.S. Navy intercepts 1,400 rifles in the uh, Arabian Sea. Uh, and the majority of these are AK-47 rifles. Now, are these, you know, the rifles the Nigerian police missing? Probably not. Uh, it's probably, uh, these were Chinese Type 56 rifles and hundreds of PKM machine guns. Uh, so, you know, most likely these are going to be, you know, maybe Iranian bought, um, maybe Russian bought, and they're going to, you know, their friends across the Middle East to, uh, you know, arm them. Uh, but the U.S. Navy seized this boat in the Arabian Sea, and it had a ton of weaponry. Uh, this next article is to us from Ameland, uh, and its title is Eotech Acquires Intivec Photonics. Now, if you don't know what Intivec Photonics are, uh, it is a California-based company that is leading uh, cutting-edge in digital sensor systems. Uh, and what kind of digital sensor systems, you may ask? Uh, well, this is high-sensitivity high night vision sensors, cameras and systems now what does this mean for eotech uh, because primarily uh, this organization boasts powerful technology that is uh, you know for like the apache helicopters the f-35 uh, you know fighter jets 
and uh, the US Army IVAS, which is the Integrated Visual Orientation System. Uh, so what could this mean for EOTech? Uh, you know, between these two, you know, EOTech is an optics company. This is a night vision company. Uh, does this mean that maybe EOTech might the night vision market, whether it may be, uh, you know, night vision goggles, maybe, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, singular, op you know, monocular optic, like some sort of, of you know telescopic scopes who knows um, they haven't really said what they're going to be you know doing this with you know the development of the new lines uh, both companies uh, are stating that they're looking forward to combing or combining uh, their teams to strengthen their services to the US military as well as the service to the governments of allied nations uh, so this may be just a, a you know, a military thing, but it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, EOTech has a huge civilian line, uh, so it'd be interesting to see where that's going to go. This next article comes to us from Gat Daily, and its title is Illinois Looking to Fix the FOID in 2022. Now, if you don't know what the FOID is, it is the Firearms Ownership Identification. Uh, this is a card that you must get in the state of Illinois to own firearms. Yes, it is highly unconstitutional. Yes, it is a complete pain in the ass to get. I know, uh, you know, I used to live in Illinois, uh, around Chicago, actually, closer to Joliet. But uh, my stepbrother lived in Illinois for moving down to Alabama, uh, and he had his FOIA, uh, and it was a pain in the ass. That's that's something. Even after he moved, uh, he kept up with it just so that way he could get it, just because it was it was such a pain in the ass. Uh, but what they're doing is they're obviously losing lawsuits and a bunch of money uh, because of the FOID card. Uh, it's, you know, it is, you know, they're, they're not wanting to have the FOID card declared unconstitutional because there is a bunch of Second Amendment cases coming up that they are, you know, in fear of losing. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, the New York case. We've talked about other cases as well. Uh, so they're not wanting the FOID to get struck down. So they're looking at overhauling the FOID system. Uh, now they're trying to make it, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit more easier to get. Uh, they're looking at replacing them in 2022 with new cards uh, that will be printed without expiration dates. Uh, and with a new FOID card being issued, if the card uh, holder has a concealed carry license, they'll be reissued a joint FOID card and a concealed carry permit. So this will be a little bit more easement for those that have FOID cards and CCLs, but also uh, if for any reason a FOID card is suspended, uh, that means the concealed carry license can also be suspended until the FOID card is reinstated. Uh, and then vice versa, with a concealed carry license, it could you know void the FOID card. Now that's you know kind of a pain in the ass. Obviously all this is unconstitutional, but these are pretty big changes, and this is something that we have to keep an eye out on just because of the fact that we need to make sure uh, that we know what those that are wanting to infringe upon our rights are trying to do to infringe on them or, you know, more or to keep and uh, because we need to like stay one head step of the game, you know, one step ahead of them. Uh, so that way we can make sure that we are not, uh, you know, kind of taken off balance or blindsided uh, by whatever actions they may take. So that, I mean, it's something that we need to do everyone as as Second Amendment advocates, we need to make sure we know what the other side's doing and what they are uh, trying to accomplish with their actions. You know, this this might be, uh, you know, tried, you know, like what what's the old saying? You know, a, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down kind of bullshit. Uh, we need to make sure, you know, that I guarantee you how they're going to be trying to sell this uh, to the, you know, gun owners in Illinois. Is that they're saying this is going to be a little bit easier and all that kind of stuff. But they don't understand uh, that it comes with all sorts of fucking traps for them, uh, you know, with this reformation of the Foyd card. Let's go on into the next article. The next article comes to us from Amelan, and its title is Nevada Court Finds Ghost Gun Law Unconstitutionally Vague. Now, we kind of talked about this, I believe, a little bit in the last episode, uh, but the Nevada legislature passed and uh, the governor signed into law AB 286 on June 27th of 2021. And on Ju uh, June 22nd, Poly 80, uh, which is, you know, if you haven't looked at Poly 80, they are a great company. They do a lot of great Second Amendment advocacy work. I highly, you know, highly encourage that if you're looking at purchasing some sort of farms accessories that you check out Poly 80 and see if they have, which, because we need to support the businesses that are out here fighting for our rights as well. 
But they filed a suit, and both Polly Eddy uh, and the state of Nevada filed for summary judgments. Uh, and the summary judgment uh, was granted uh, when, I'm sorry, and blah, blah, blah. Basically, what happened was is that the judicial court uh, for the state of Nevada, the third judicial circuit, uh, issued a sum- summary judgment uh, in favor of Paul Eddy on December 10th. And basically, they're just saying that the definition does not tell anyone when during the manufacturer process a blank casting or machine body uh, has gone through the major machining operations or whatever those are, which is what was, you know, the terminology that was used in the law itself. Uh, so because of the vagueness, the court struck it down and they end up f- uh, favoring poly, which is great. Um, and, and that's, and I believe we've talked about this before is that the, uh, the, the lawmakers try to make these laws so vague. Uh, so that way, whenever they, you know, something in the future happens that maybe they didn't think about or they make it vague. So that way they, it could be, you know, enforced on their own, uh, you know, whenever the fuck they want it to be, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that it, it's, it's so vague that it makes it difficult to follow. And that's something that we as not necessarily gunners, but just citizens, if they're passing laws that are so vague that it can just be blanketed to fit certain uh, criteria when it pleases them, then that's the kind of stuff we need to hold our lawmakers accountable for, because that's the kind of bullshit that, uh, you know, dictatorial governments have done it throughout ages you know there were so many laws in communist russia uh that were not enforced you know they weren't enforced 90 percent of the time but whenever that you know they found somebody that was bucking the system or wasn't that great of a communist they used that law uh that is not enforced 90 percent of the time but that 10 percent of the time they used it against those people so that way they can purposely uh you know just fucking throw them in the gulag and and put them away, you know, and and torture them and and whatever they needed to do to make an example to say, you're going to follow our system and it doesn't matter what you want. This is what's going to happen because we're the government. We're the ones that tell you what to do. That's the kind of shit that these vague laws are meant for. And that's the kind of stuff that we need to tell our lawmakers when they're passing these laws that or introducing these laws that, hey, if you are trying to make something illegal, uh, you, first off, you need to have a, a good fucking reason why. Because every law that's passed that, you know, uh, has some sort of enforcement takes away further freedoms that we have. And we need to make sure that, you know, the law is not so vague that it doesn't uh, you know, that it can't be used just as a blanket to cover whatever they deem, you know, necessary at the time to infringe on people's liberties. And going on into the next story, this next story comes to us from Amelian, and it's titled, As SCOTUS Can Provide Restitution for Constitutional Laws. And this is something that needs to happen. Uh, anytime there's any sort of unconstitutional law that's passed, and there is some sort of monetary loss, whether it be an actual liquid money or property value that is lost because of these unconstitutional laws, uh, you know, SCOTUS, and honestly, it shouldn't even be SCOTUS. It should be a a federal law, a, a constitutional amendment that says if you pass an unconstitutional law and it is deemed unconstitutional later and there was some sort of monetary loss to those affected by that unconstitutional loss, Personally, I think it should come out of the salary. It should start by coming out of the salary of all politicians that proposed and voted for that law. Then it should come out of the, you know, if there's not enough money for that. Next, it should come out of the salary of the executive leadership that allowed that law to be passed, signed. And then finally, I think it should be taken out of the the budget of whatever organization that was used to enforce that unconstitutional law. You know, we'll just say an example. Uh, if, you know, OSHA is, you know, fining these people uh, for not having employees being forced to get the jab, uh, then I think that it should come out of OSHA's budget. And finally, if if there's not enough money for that, it, sh- it should come out of, of, you know, the general government budget that passed it. Because there needs to, there needs to have some sort of repercussions 
for these politicians to pass unconstitutional laws. That's the only way that they're going to stop doing it. I guarantee you that if there was a law that said if you passed an unconstitutional law and it was deemed unconstitutional later at that time, you know, like, you know, a year or two later, then you go to jail because you violated your oath of office. And that's, you know, just it should be a crime against the country because you are passing these unconstitutional laws. Then I guarantee you there's going to be a shitload less laws passed by these politicians that are power hungry. And that's where it needs to start. And these politicians are already getting paid more than what their constituents make. And, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, whether it be senators, congressmen, governors, presidents, whatever it may be, they're making more than, than whatever their constituents make more, more than, you know, they always want to talk about the 1%. I guarantee you they're making, you know, more than at least 80 to 90% of their constituents. And I think that's where we need to start. Once we start having some sort of restitution, some sort of consequence for these politicians passing unconstitutional laws, then that's when we're going to start to fix the problem. And this is really in reference into, uh, you know, talking about like bump stocks, talking about uh, the concealed carry laws in New York, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I mean, to me, the bump stocks are the prime example. How many videos did you see of retailers and of warehouses just destroying bump stocks? You know, how much money was that lost? How, you know, how many people, you know, lost their homes, you know, went through such financial struggle that they ended up losing their significant other? Because honestly, you know, besides infidelity, money, you know, money problems are the number one reason why people, uh, you know, are, you know, separate themselves from their significant other. You know, once that happens to our politicians, right there is how we start to fucking solve the issues of our government because once you start having repercussions you know perfect example um you know how many times have you seen uh like or, or okay perfect example the parents of that that fucking dipshit mass shooter in michigan you know they're getting charged and now whether they actually get convicted is a different story but they're getting charged but yet i still have not seen alec baldwin hauled his ass away in cuffs yet you know, it's the hypocrisy. Rules for thee, but not for me. That's the kind of bullshit that I'm talking This next article on Amalan is talking about the the Bruin concealed carry case and what impact it could have on May issue jurisdictions. Uh, this is a article that I just threw in here just because of the fact that I think that everybody should read it when they're in a May issue jurisdiction. And I look at the statistics of the podcast. We have, uh, you know, a lot of listeners in Illinois. We have a lot of listeners in New York. We have a lot of listeners in California. Uh, so I think that is a great article. Article you should read. Uh, go check it out. It's Amaland. Uh, it was published on uh, December 26, and its title is Bruin Concealed Carry Case What Impact It Could Have on May Issue Jurisdictions. Well, like I said, we kind of briefly discussed it, but if you rather have it in your front of your eyes uh, instead of, you know, listening to my sultry voice explain it to you. Because like I said, we kind of already went over it, but I wanted to throw the actual article out. And that's something I need to get going back into, too, is, is writing articles. Um, but fucking baby steps, people. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to get something going for the Patreons uh, so that way they, they have an extra episode and, and that way they can enjoy uh, that extra money that they're sending me. Uh, this next article comes to us from ABC News, and it is titled, uh, Muslim Woman Sues Missouri Gun Shop Over Hijab Removal. Uh, a federal lawsuit alleges that a Missouri firearms store and gun range refused to let a Muslim woman use a shooting range unless she removed her hijab. Uh, now, the firearms store and gun range in the suburban of uh, Kansas City, uh, basically what it's stating is that the uh, I'm trying to see. It's uh, alleges that the gun range at Frontier Justice in Lee's Summit uh, enforces its dress code in a discriminatory way. Uh, I'm trying to see if there is a statement from the gun range itself. Uh, but basically, what it says: the gun range requires shooters to remove all head coverings except baseball caps facing forward. Uh, Extort manager explained that shrapnel could cause the job and skip to burn. Uh, so I, I see what they're saying, and I figured that's what this was. Um, 
So, and I'm sure, you know, if you know this has happened, especially with people like wearing hoodies. Fuck, I'm wearing a hoodie right now. Uh, but, like, you know, at gun ranges, you have, if, you're, if you've never been to an indoor gun range, I'm sure you've seen fucking videos. Uh, but basically, you're in, in a stall. You have two walls on either side of you. Uh, and sometimes that brass can, uh, you know, bounce off the wall on the side of you or uh, just, just you know, really unfortunately uh, kick a certain way to where it the brass itself uh, is lodged into, uh, you know, in between your skin and a piece of clothing. And we've seen, you know, there's numerous videos out there and, and there's some that, you know, it seems like a new video comes out at least every four to six months to where a, a guy is shooting. Uh, and, you know, he maybe he's shooting uh, in, in a, a real loose t-shirt or, you know, you have women uh, shoot in clothes that, you know, that where their chest is showing, um, that kind of stuff. Anyway, so that hot brass, I mean, as soon as it's fucking, you know, kicked out from the firearm itself, it is hot as shit. I mean, it, it will burn you. Uh, and it gets lodged in between a piece of clothing and that skin. And, you know, you start freaking the fuck out because you just, you know, your biological instinct is to fucking react. And like, shit, I need to get this fucking away from myself. Uh, you know, whatever the fuck's burning me, I need to get it the fuck off me. And when that happens, you know, you still have most likely one hand on the firearm. Uh, you were just shooting, so the finger's still on the trigger. Uh, if you aren't, fam- you know, familiar and trained in yourself uh, to know, like, hey, I need to take my finger off the trigger, your finger's still going to stay on that trigger. And, you know, that's how you see a lot of people, uh, you know, shoot into the ground, shoot into the bench in front of them, shoot in the, the roof above them, shit like that. Uh, you know, it, 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 you just see it all the time. So I see where the range is getting at. Uh but you know, I don't know, man. That, that's that's I, the Second Amendment is for everyone. I don't think that the range set that rule up to be discriminative, uh, you know, discriminatory towards uh, Muslims in, in particular. Um, it, I don't know. I'm just I'm very curious, you know, what the interaction was like in between the store employees and, and, and this woman. Uh, was this woman going in there trying to, you know, was it, were they, was it like the gay couple that went to the uh, Christian baker? Uh, you know, they went to like three or four other Christian bakers before uh, one finally said, no, we're not going to make you a cake based on our religious grounds kind of thing. Uh, were, were they just going in there to make an example? I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really pick a side. I just thought it was a very interesting story. And it's something you need to think of. Uh, you know, in, in my many years down the road, I would absolutely fucking love to own a range. Um, you know, getting getting my FFL, which that will probably be a, a Patreon episode too, something or two if you want to become a Patreon, um, is, you know, I'm wanting to own a gun store and, and getting my FFL is, is kind of like the first step. Uh, you know, I can just get some, you know, FFL transfers, then maybe I can start working some gun shows and then maybe I can, you know, have enough money to, to open up my own uh, gun store kind of thing. Uh, so that's something that, you know, if you have a gun store or if you are at a gun range or if you go shooting at a local competition or if you're at a like a board member on a gun club, this is the kind of conversations. Uh, this is something that, you know, you just need to talk about and say, like, hey, you know, uh I understand that maybe we live out in BFE, but you know, you never know. So, you know, somebody might move in uh, that is of a different uh, cultural perspective, and you know, they they might have some sort of attire uh, like a uh, a Sikh uh, wears a turban. You know, are we going to have that Sikh say that you know, hey, you can't shoot here because you wear a turban? But uh, because you know, there is a, a minuscule chance that brass may you know get into your uh, turban and burn you it's just things that you can talk about you know these are things that you can discuss with your friends anywho uh next article comes to us from Land, and its title is please blame freedom to carry for gun thefts in kansas city uh now this is a very fucking misleading topic uh this is a article that was actually it's about an article that was uh recently aired on npr uh, affiliate where the uh, Kansas City police were given a platform to blame increasing crime rates on the restoration of the Second Amendment rights. This is absolute horseshit. I, I think it's fucked all. Um, this now I tell you what will happen. Uh, what happening is that there's probably uh, a bunch of people 
that are getting guns because it's easier to exercise their Second Amendment rights because uh, they had their Second Amendment rights restored because of recent uh, Kansas laws passed. And because of this, these people are not educated enough to know that, hey, my vehicle is not a holster. I need to keep this gun on me all the time uh, if I'm having this for protection. Or I need to put it in a safe place uh, away from others that either wish to uh, steal this item from me, wish to do harm from me, or uh, away from people that are, you know, like example kids, that are uh, not educated enough to know that this is something they do not need to play with, that kind of deal. And basically what it is, is in 2021, 613 guns were stolen from vehicles compared to 498 in 20. And obviously what is going on is these vehicles, uh, are these vehicles that are being broken into and the firearms are stolen. Uh, these firearms are the prime firearms that are used in crimes uh, by criminals because it is not relate, you know, it is not linked to them in any way, shape or form. Uh, and if it gets dropped or if it is found and it is, you know, like ballistically matched to something that happened on a crime scene, um, you know, as long as they're not found with that gun, uh, there is no chance that that firearm is going to come back to them. So the moral of the story, the reason why I put it in here is that your fucking car is not a holster. Uh, if you are leaving your car, you are not needed to leave a fucking firearm in that car period whatsoever. Just that's it. That, that 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 is the uh, this new art this news article comes to us from KAIT channel eight uh, and its title is new gun rule for gun shop owners takes effect soon now what this is is the Department of Justice is making moves to keep firearms safe and the DOJ is starting uh, this at a local level by requiring that more security is available to gun owners for purchase uh, so what is going on is that. Uh, the DOJ released a new rule that enhances the current Gun Control Act requiring federal firearms licenses to have secure gun storage available for all firearms they sell. Uh, this expands uh, the current rule, which only requires a store to sell a gun lock or, or a gun safe or lock. Um, now, you know, this, you know, this is a, a feel-good rule. Uh, but ultimately, what it's trying to do is put more of a burden on the gun store itself. Uh, so this is a new rule added to the Federal Register, and it's expected to take effect for third. Uh, you know, like I said, I think that this is kind of bullshit. Um, it is, of course, the Department of Justice passing laws without actually passing laws. They're just trying to uh, make, you know, more policy to make it harder and that's ultimately what they're trying any people that are trying to infringe on your second amendment uh they're ultimately their ultimate goal uh it may be in a feel good type you know wording but what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it more difficult for you to purchase you know firearms for your second amendment right make you more difficult to purchase items that make it more difficult to exercise your second right, i.e. ammunition, uh, magazines, things of that nature, and they try to make it more difficult for you to actually exercise your second right. That That's all what it, always what it is. Uh, the next article comes to us from Amaland as well. The, it's titled, it is ATF Threatens Customers of Diversified Machine Over Solvent Traps. Now, if you don't know what solvent traps are, solvent traps are uh, literally what they are. They are solvent traps, but with uh, either modification or uh, being used in ways that they are not designed and sold for, uh, they can become suppressors. So at the end of December 2020, uh, ATF agents raided Diversified Machine. Uh, the Diversified Machine was selling solvent traps, and the ATF claimed that the company was selling unfinished suppressors that were too close to being to completed and were readily convertible into a functioning suppressor. Since the ATF gives little, gu little guidance on what a solvent trap is or what a suppressor is, uh, it can be confusing for companies uh, and customers. So they were selling these solvent, and I know exactly what the, these things are. I, I've looked at this company and, and gone to their website and seen exactly what they're selling. Uh, they're selling solvent trap with dimples on the end caps. Uh, the company sa says they didn't violate, they didn't believe they violated any federal law. In fact, there's no law on the books explicitly banning 
dimpled end caps on solvent traps. Now, the ETF used uh, deference to determine that these dimples converted the solvent trap into a suppressor, even though it cannot function as one. So the ETF claims that the company included these dimples to be a guide for uh, customers to drill out the end caps, turning the solvent trap into an unregistered suppressor. The ETF has been cracking down on solvent traps in the past year, and multiple companies have been raided by the ETF. Now, of course, these dimples, if you, you know drill into these end caps uh, and create holes there. That is absolutely not what diversified machine is selling them. Uh, they are not telling you to do this. Uh, it would completely destroy its functionality of being a, uh, you know, a solvent trap. So, and there's been other examples of the ATF, you know, being asshats in regards to this kind of stuff, especially with solvent traps. Uh, they raided a YouTube YouTuber that goes by Truckmaster and demanded that he turns over the suppressors he ordered from China. Uh, the man was confused because he didn't buy any uh, suppressors from anywhere. Uh, but it turned out the HTF agents were talking about the diesel fuel filter uh, that he used from his truck build. So, you know, there's a whole lot of bullshit going on by the ATF. Uh, and there was a leak uh, through a leak. Amland News uh, was recently informed about a change in policy uh, that uh, I'm sorry, I can text message. Anyway, informed about a, pol- a change of policy where field offices were no longer permitted to tell people that the ATF does not regulate solvent traps. And insiders believe that this is a preparation for a new rule. But I tell you what. If you want to purchase these solvent traps and turn them into legal suppressors, you can do so by paying the ATF $200 tax stamp and filling out a Form 1. Uh, but uh, gun owners should consider getting the tax stamps before starting construction. Kind of some good news to come out of the ATF that I will say, and, and even though it is an infringement on our rights because all firearm laws are infringements upon our Second Amendment rights, uh, this comes to us from Tactical Life and ATF eForms upgraded system going live before Christmas. Now, uh, this I will say there is a disclaimer to this. Uh, it was supposed to have gone live sometime after the 15th of December. Uh, it has since gone live, and of course the fucking website site has already crashed but these new e-forms are uh, supposed to make it faster uh, for the return on NFA items for like forms one two three four five six and nine uh, they're all accessible through the website and I've heard good things about this I've heard people that have already used this uh, says they're getting like tax stamps back within like around three to four months uh, so that's awesome uh, that's great but like I said it's the government, and the website's already crashed, so we'll see how well they can maintain this. Now, this is uh, something that I'm kind of getting a little uh, close to home and, and want to talk about. Uh, this first article is from MLN, and it talks about prospects for constitutional carry in 2022. Uh, and it talks about how, uh, as of 2021, there were 16 members of the constitutional carry state. Uh, and there are several states that are looking to add uh, themselves to that list. Indiana uh, is uh, passing a const, you know, passed a version in the House, uh, but the Senate was it was killed. Uh, they are trying, going to try again in 2022. Uh, Pennsylvania uh, passed a constitutional carry bill through the legislature, but unfortunately, the the Democratic uh, governor there vetoed it. Uh, House of or the House and Senate of Ohio has uh, both passed different constitutional carry bills, uh, but they differed from each other. So they are, you know, looking to see maybe if they can get on the same page about that this year. Uh, the Republic, or yeah, it's a Republican, I believe, uh, Ohio governor there, his main side on whether he'd veto the bill or not. Um, there is Louisiana, uh, Florida, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Georgia, South Carolina, and there are other states as well that have mentioned it, but those are the states that have passed different versions of constitutional carry and that will be most likely be brought up again in 2022. But in Alabama, uh, this article also comes to us from MLN, but I can tell you pretty spot on since having uh you know, heard, you know, different politicians on talk radio, uh, on my own organization here, uh, Bama carry, which is a state second amendment advocacy group here that is pushing the bill, uh, talking to law enforcement here in the area. Uh, you know, I've sat in on some, 
uh, law enforcement administration meetings here, uh, you know, with different law enforcement heads uh, from various agencies. And uh, they are, you know, a whole lot of things. This article states that there's problems with Alabama state computer system uh, and are preventing sheriff departments from being able to issue carry permits for the time being. That's kind of bullshit. Um, that's maybe what being said, but it, it's bull. Uh, they was an issue. And I've talked about this previously last year. Uh, constitutional carry was brought up. Um, they weren't able to pass it because the Alabama Sheriff's Association, uh, which here the sheriffs are the issuers of the concealed carry licenses here, uh, just very vehemently opposed the bill. Uh, the president of that organization is uh, Sheriff Derek Cunningham, uh, which is out of Montgomery County, which is the capital county here. Uh, he, you know, his reasoning for it is. You know, you know, you just don't want these people all carrying these hand, you know, these guns out here all willy nilly. We're having violence as it is, and I will say, fucking Montgomery is having violence, uh, a shit ton of violence. Um, you know, for a, a city of just, I think, as the twenty twenty census came out, I think they're around around one hundred eighty to one hundred ninety thousand people uh, last year. What they're willing to admit, they had seventy eight homicides. Um, I believe is what they end up closing out with. That number is more realistically closer to 90. Um, you know, what they consider death investigations where, you know, they can't, you know, they, they can reasonably assume that this person was killed, uh, but there's no exact proof to say that, oh, they just, you know, didn't die of, of a slip and fall or a suicide or whatever it may be. So they rule them as death investigations to, to make sure that their numbers uh, don't skyrocket like that. And then only that, there, there's a shit ton of shootings. There's at least uh, like one or two shootings a, a day. And uh, so like, yeah, Montgomery is dangerous as shit. But it's like I always tell people, uh, especially, you know, in, in my neck of the area, the woods, you know, I always tell them, as long as you're not dealing, you know, dating somebody that you're not supposed to, that is an abusive piece of shit, uh, or you're involved in some sort of crime, whether, it, you know, be uh, drugs related, uh, theft, robbery, whatever it may be, um, you're going to be fine. You know, it's not like they're just going and, and killing random people. It's people that are in some sort of criminal activity, uh, and they either tried to screw somebody over or somebody tried to screw them over. Uh, or it's, you know, that, that boyfriend, girlfriend drama, uh, to where that's, you know, somebody that they should have dumped a long fucking time ago, but they didn't because they thought they could change them. And, and that's what was happening. Um, uh, I talked to a sheriff uh, about a, probably two weeks ago now, uh, and you know this is somebody that vehemently opposes uh, constitutional carry, and they are saying that yeah, it's pr probably a done deal. Uh, constitutional carry is coming to Alabama, uh, so I'm looking forward to that just because of the fact uh, that it is a right. It should not be licensed in any way whatsoever. You know, it should not be, and even though like here, uh, the constitutional or the, the carry concealed permit license, it's like only like 20 or 25 bucks a year. It's not like in other places where you got to spend, you know, like a hundred dollars or, you know, spend like 80 to $150. And then you have to do training. Literally all it is, is you pay your like 20 or 25 bucks. Uh, sometimes they can run your name right then and there. Uh, and then you get your permit within 30 minutes. Uh, sometimes it's, you fill out this application, the person that does, uh, you know, you leave the money, the person that does the, uh, you know, background investigation, make sure you're not a, a forbidden persons, um, get your application, you know, either that day or the next day they check it. They say you're good to go. They give it to your sheriff. The sheriff signs off on it. And then the person that prints the cards gets it after the sheriff signs off on it. And, you know, your license is printed and you can come get it. So, uh, it, I mean, it's not, not hard, but I'm still saying that it is a constitutional right. Uh, it should not be, you know, paid for anything. And that should happen. So I'm looking forward to that happening in Alabama in 2022. Uh, you know, 
since our last podcast, uh, a new year has happened. Uh, I am happy that a new year is coming. Uh, I am looking forward to the great things uh, that are happening, uh, not only uh, in my world, but also in the gun community. Uh, in 2020, uh, there was an article that was wrote by Recoil that the Second Amendment is live and well, and it absolutely is. Uh, according to Guns.com and Nick's, uh, there was a total of 18.5 million guns bought by Americans in 2020. Uh, that is not as many as in 2020. Uh, in 2020, it was, I believe it was over 21 million, uh, but that's still pretty damn high. That It's higher than most of the years before then. Um, there was, you know, of course, a lot of violence uh, in 2021 and in 2020, which is what led a lot of people uh, to purchasing more firearms than ever. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that the people that bought firearms for the first time in 2020 uh, that caused the, the fucking shortage that we had in our country, I hope that they kind of got the bug and are going into, uh, you know, 2021, maybe purchasing more firearms. Uh, that, that's something that I'm, I'm hoping happens in 2022. Uh, something that I'm hoping in these two articles, two great articles, I wanted to to, to toss that out, toss them out here. Both of them come MLM and the titles of our, uh, what res- resolutions, uh, should second amendment supporters have in 2022 and what second amendment supporters should ask those for running for Congress. Uh, 2022 is a midterm election. Uh, something that we as second amendment supporters should do is if you are not, you should register to vote. You need to fucking, I am shocked. I worked the polls in 2008 as a fucking naive college kid. Uh, and you know, I was shocked at how many people don't know their, uh, their registration status. They, you know, they don't know if if they're actually able to register to vote, uh, go down to your local, you know, government office and register to vote. If you are not able to register to vote, if you have since moved, you need to still go down there and you need to update your registration. Uh, you know, you don't want to have moved an hour away since the last time you vote. And then they still have you at your old voting poll place, you know, cause you don't want to, to drive an hour to go back to your old poll place. You want to drive wherever what's closer to you. Uh, so update your registration vet candidates. Uh, that is something that, is kind of goes on into the next uh, article. You know, what you should do to ask those that are running for Congress, because this is a midterm coming up. You need to ask them, do you believe in the Second Amendment protects, you know, your right to keep and bear arms? Uh, Do you believe self-defense is a right? Uh, Are those that exercise their Second Amendment rights uh, to blame for violent crime? Do you believe that the First Amendment precludes many campaign finance reform schemes? Um, And some of this shit, I I guarantee guarantee you, no, I thought this was probably written by somebody. There's a lot of bullshit. Uh, something else is, would you hold oversight for the conduct of the ATF and the B, uh, FBI regarding the Second Amendment? Um, you know, that would you insist that nominees to the CDC repudiate pushing gun control policies? Uh, and then would you commit to opposing the confirmation of anti-Second Amendment uh, you know, judges to the federal bench. These are all things you need to do when asking people that are running Congress for the midterm. Uh, something else is you need to ask your current representatives to pass legislation to fight, uh, you know, these gun control acts, these, uh, you know, whatever it may be, uh, whether it be, you know, some sort of health things, some sort of financial thing, uh, some sort of crime, you know, whatever they want to put it under the guise of, you need to ask them uh, to either not pass legislation or to pass legislation uh, that would support the Second Amendment. You need to talk to people. You need to talk to people and educate them. Uh, that's something that we do on this podcast all the time is, is I give you these articles where I am getting this information from so you can go yourself and read them further into depth because I just kind of skim over you. I give you the highlights, but I also put these articles out here and I post them on our social medias. So that way we can make sure that you have the information you need to educate people. Uh, and then you need to turn out and vote. You need to vote for the people that are willing to support our second amendment, uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, now something I'm going to tell you that we as a podcast, we're, we're going to do, uh, for 2022, uh, we are going to have a, you know, Patreon, 
only episode. That is something that I want to do uh, to the people that support us through Patreon. I want to make sure that they have, you know, they get a little bit more bang for their buck. I want to make sure that it's something that they get as a reward for, for supporting us. And I greatly appreciate anybody that supports us on Patreon. Uh, something else that I'm going to do for this podcast, uh, I know I've talked about it Um is uh, trying and do videos. Now, I don't know if these will be videos that are, you know, uh, like video podcasting, just because of the fact that uh, right now uh, my kind of setup isn't ideal as it used to be. Uh, but I am looking at hopefully getting a bigger because I'm getting married this year. Uh, the family's expanding uh, and just, you know, it's time to, to have more uh, the six people and four animals in, in my fucking house. So with that, I'm hoping to have uh, maybe a large like warehouse garage kind of thing uh, where I can have maybe a, a small office in there uh, and that'll be a little better suited video podcasting. But I'm, I'm going to try and make some videos to put on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's really after right now, but uh, make some uh, videos on just information, uh, some topics that we discussed, uh, whether it may be like this 3D printing, what it may be. Uh, some cool shit that we found, you know, little short videos. I'm not a huge fan of videos that last longer than five to seven minutes. So all of our videos, uh, for the most part, are going to be kept under that. Uh, good stuff. Uh, something else that I'm wanting to do for myself uh, in the podcast this year uh, is do more training. Uh, COVID uh, really kicked you know, ass in training. There wasn't really any class in 2020. Some classes were coming back in 2020, uh, but it was difficult still to get ammo. So uh, there wasn't any training done in the last two years. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to get some training done and kind of, you know, maybe impart some knowledge, uh, some, some great things that I learned, uh, some stuff that, you know, you know, this would be fucking cool. I wish that I'd known, uh, to you guys and maybe in the podcast floor, in the video format, um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm hoping to have some more guests on. I've heard people say that they like, uh, you know, just me talking. I know I personally like talking to people and, you know, it's, it's nice talking to y'all while we're, you know, here on the podcast, but it's nice to talk to somebody in, you know, live time, you know, in real time, uh, during the podcast and, and have them kind of just give their two cents on things. And like I said, maybe that might be just more for the Patreon episodes, um, but I'm I'm wanting to have more guests. Uh, I am going to Shot Show, so I'm hoping that uh, we can have some guests coming from Shot Show, uh, and then maybe coming from training. Uh, something else that I'm planning on doing more this year is doing some more, uh, just some local shooting competition matches. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just be more active, you know, and and you know. Hopefully, like when I get a new spot, the Casa, uh, I'm trying to get some land, uh, at least five acres. So that way I can have at least a pistol bay. So that way I can, I can do shooting on my own property and I have to go to the club. So that's some stuff that I'm looking at doing here in 2022. Um, you know, 2021 was great. Uh, we did a lot of good stuff here on the podcast. We had Mike on for, uh, you know, almost most of the year. Uh, I really enjoyed having him on. Mike's a friend of mine. Uh, you know, still call him friend. Uh, you know, we're in a group chat together called Best Friends Forever Club. Uh, so, you know, it's it's good. 2020 year, 2021 was a good year. Uh, and looking forward to tw- 2022 has. So, with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the gun gear news and reviews. Well, uh, the first thing we're going to be talking about is, uh, you know, written by Ballistic and it's talking about Marlin is back. The Marlin model 1895 kicks off uh, the Ruger owned era. And I'm pretty excited about this myself, to be honest with you. Uh, for some reason, I've just really been on a lever gun kick. And I'm, I'm going to just be straightforward with you right now. Uh, so uh, there, there's a couple things in here, the lever gun, and then there is a holster that is like the old West style holster that just, it, the pictures were, were pretty fucking cool. Uh, and it's probably because I've just been on a yellow stick, Yellowstone kick lately. If you haven't watched that show, uh, it is a great fucking show. 
And actually, we're just going to go ahead and tie it into uh, the uh, gun culture segment. Uh, if you haven't, check out Yellowstone. It is badass. It's on the Paramount Network. Uh, I think seasons one through three is only on Peacock for some... It's so fucking stupid of how it's done right now. Uh, so, like, seasons one through three is only on Peacock. Uh, but seasons three through five, uh, I think is they're currently on five right now, uh, is on Paramount. Um, so, you know, there's, there's two different platforms that you can, you have to watch if you want to watch the whole thing. Uh, but it is a great fucking show. Uh, there's a lot of lever guns on there. Uh, you know, some Winchester 1894s, uh, some, you know, like there's a compact Kimber 1911. Uh, there looks like some Ruger, uh, or some Colt single action revolvers on there. Um, there's, uh, you know, some M4 type rifles as well. Uh, Glock 19s, uh, shit like that. Very interesting. Oh, there was in the last episode, uh, there was a scar, uh, 17 on there. That was a really cool, uh, you know, episode as well. So like I said, it is a great fucking show. You need to watch it. So that's why I think I put some of these items on here. Uh, so the Marlin 1894 is one of them. And like I said, I've been on a lever action kick lately and I'm definitely going to get me another 11 action uh, I have a Marlin and I have a I think it's a Winchester uh, you know old style uh, lever action 3030s I love them uh, but I'm looking at like probably like a side gate either in 38 through 57 or 45 Colt uh, that's what I'm looking at anyway uh, I'd love to have a 4570 just so that way I could say I had one and I could fucking kill like a, a, a buffalo for some fucking reason even there's not anywhere buffalo you know around here uh, but I'm probably looking at either getting a 38 through 57 or a 45 uh, long colt uh, lever action the next thing is uh, a uh, Savage 110 Carbon Tactical. Uh, it's you know being written by Ballistic, and Savage makes really good guns. I know uh, it doesn't really get the the prowess that it normally you know that other brands do, but I I really do like Savage. Uh, it's going to be chambered in 308, 65 Creedmoor or 65 uh, PRC. Uh, it is uh, Carbon Tactical. Uh, carbon fiber wrapped barrel. Uh, so this thing is stupid light. It is really pretty cool. Uh, it comes with a 20 MOA rifle or a rail, uh, I should say. Uh, but now here is the kicker. Uh, it is retails for around 17.89. So you know the carbon fiber wrapped barrel is, is probably where you're really picking up uh, that that uh, that price tag there. Uh, but it is a, uh, you know, it's got a detachable box magazine, which I love. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, just a, uh, a built-in mag into it. And it comes in gray or flat dark earth colored stocks, which is pretty cool. And it's got an adjustable AccuTrigger between 1.5 to 4 pounds. Uh, so, I mean, it's pretty pricey, uh, but it's pretty fucking cool. Uh, I couldn't see anywhere what would end up, you know, totaling out in weight. This next article about uh, Tactical Life, it is the Galco 1880s holster. Uh, quality leather on a working budget. And like I said, I just threw this in here just because it looked cool as fuck. Uh, you know, these cowboy action shooting, you know, type rigs. Uh, man, the sky's the limit. You, you can spend up to like 500 on this shit. Uh, but these Galcos... Uh, you know, coming a little bit less, uh, you know, it doesn't have a price on here in this article. Uh, but they can fit uh, belts, you know, up to three inches wide. Uh, comes with a cartridge belt. Uh, available both for uh, 38, 357, or 44, 45 cartridges. Uh, it's pretty cool. Like I said, the only reason I, I pulled this up just because of the fact that uh, the, the pictures were really awesome. Uh, the next article is from GAT, and it's about a new armor's block for AR platform rifles. Uh, it's the XS Sights. Uh, these things, it looks really solid. It looks like just a big chunk of aluminum uh, with two, co uh, two cotter pins that come out. It is $83. Uh, so that's, you know, pretty, like I said, it, it's a good name brand, XS Sights, uh, I've heard of before. And it is looks really fucking solid. Uh 
this is something else that is coming out. Uh, it's to us from Gat Daily. And there's photos leaked of a Smith & Wesson new SAO CSX pistol. This looks like it's going to be a hammer-fired compact uh, pistol from Smith & Wesson. It's pretty interesting. It is very uh, M&P-ish looking. Uh, but like I said, it's hammer-fired. Uh, but it's also kind of small. Uh, it it's almost looks like a little bit of a 1911 clone, uh, but it's reportedly 12 plus 1 in 9mm. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I guarantee you this is probably going to be a SHOT Show release. And finally, uh, well, that's something that we already covered. Well, so that's going to be it for the product news and reviews. Uh, gun culture segment was kind of tied up in the gun cult, or the gun news and reviews talking about Yellowstone. So uh, we'll go ahead and skip that. So let's go ahead and start wrapping it up. Last night I ain't lost in a beamer. Hey, diamonds on me looking like a freezer. Hey, brand new money just like I'm Bieber. Hey, now they staring at me Mona Lisa. Hey, let me paint the picture on my art shit. I'm balling on these haters like it's March, bitch. I just put some ice up where my heart is. Well, that's going to do it for the episode of The Chewy Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode. Like I said earlier, if you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That is the best way to keep up with new episodes as soon as they come out. Also, if you can, leave us a review. Spotify, if you listen to us on Spotify, Spotify is now allowing people to review podcasts. So leave us a review. If you're on iTunes and if you leave us a review where you can write out what you like about the podcast, shoot us a screenshot of that once it hits, and we will send you some free swag. Leave us a review is the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content. So we greatly appreciate any reviews that you guys leave us. The last review was left for us in November, so we didn't get any reviews in December. So, guys, I'd appreciate it if you could step it up and leave us another review. Uh, also, go ahead and check out our social medias. We are everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. Uh, on everywhere, it's the number 2A Lifestyle, I should say. And on Instagram, it is 2 spelled out T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Also, go ahead and check out our Patreon. We are going to be having Patreon-only episodes coming out. Uh, I'll be putting out little teasers of the Patreon episodes once they start coming out to give you guys you know what's coming uh, and it'll be after SHOT Show so be looking forward to that but until then guys I greatly appreciate you for listening and until two weeks keep on enjoying that two day lifestyle.